What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And we're here Monday through Friday on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, and throughout Europe on um, Radio X. And don't forget, we're also available via satellite on the Digital Broadcast Network and the Digital Satellite Network. You can always find out what's going on in the X-Zone, past, present, and future, by going to our website, xzoneradio.com, and on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. My guest this hour is Hector Lugo, and uh, Hector is a paranormal investigator. And, para, uh, you know, Hector, thanks very much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, great being here with you. Um, first, I guess I need to tell you that I'm Keanu Indian, and that I live here in Kansas City, Missouri, which is quite a ways from my hometown, mm-hmm. and I've been investigating ever since, well, I shouldn't say investigating, I had my first encounter with the spirit was when I was seven years old on the island, and then I had numerous ones ever since then, but really it became fruitation back in 1971 in college, University of Maryland, uh, where I had some serious encounters with spirits, with witnesses, uh, about eight different students were with me when the incidents occurred. And I formed my first group then, and I've been doing it ever since. So it's been well over 45 years since I've been really with a paranormal group. Now tell us about the 10th Dimension uh, Paranormal Group. The 10th Dimension Paranormal Group has been around about 12 to 14 years. depends on, we were around two years before we actually changed our name to 10th Dimension. Mm-hmm. It travels all over. We have some members in different parts of the United States. Um, they go to different locations like Europe or maybe Peru or um, just about anywhere. Our actual 10th Dimension branch out of Kansas City, we travel mostly in the Midwest. Where we will go, we have been to uh, the East Coast. We've been down to the South, North Carolina, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been quite a few places. And uh, our goal, our objective, is to find out 
one question, is there life after death, and the verify. How do you intend on doing that? Well, we've done quite a bit of research. Um, most of that is based on research. We go out with our members and we try to gain as much evidence as possible, mm -hmm. um, whether it be with equipment. But the most important thing we find, we have found over the years, is that the people in our group is the most important piece of equipment that we have. Now, we don't have everybody that has abilities. I mean, we don't have no psychics per se. Right. We have people that can feel and sense uh, and maybe even hear or see an occasional spirit. Um, like myself, I'll see them and hear them quite often. Um, but that alone does not verify that we have entities present. We need to document it. Because, you know, the science side, you have to have physical proof. And that's, we're from Missouri. you got to show me. So, yeah, well, but, yeah, well, I'm from Canada, and I want to see the proof, too. So how do you present the proof of the paranormal? Like, you know, there are over 16,000 different groups in the United States that claim to be paranormal investigators. Some of them have been investigating 15, 20 years, and still no proof. How come? Well, I don't know if it's the lack of proof. is what people believe, the skeptics out there. Um, what is proof? I mean, with the camera and the equipment you have now, a lot of it says it's fake, fraud, it's made because mm -hmm. of the digital iPods or whatever, you know. Um, we put out EVPs, and we've been doing this for years. we got some incredible EVPs or voices of uh, spirits. They actually call me by name, and I'd be the only male there with two females, and I have a, a male subject speaking with me, calling me by name. Uh, to me, that's proof, but to put it out there on the Internet and say, this is proof that I have, you decide. That's what we always say is you tell us what you think it is, mm -hmm. because you weren't present. You weren't there. You don't know what the environment was about or who the spirit was who was there. So um, same with pictures. You look at some of our pictures on our website. They're incredible. But you weren't there, and it's hard to prove. You know, they say they were Photoshopped. Um, you can't argue with that. All you can do is present it and let them decide. All right, Hector, stand by. We've got to take our first break. Exxon Nation, Hector Lugo is our special, special guest this hour. He's with 10th Dimension Paranormal Group. Their website is 10thdimensionparanormalgroup.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. The question I'm asking tonight is, is there proof of life after death? Or is the proof manifested by those who are seeking the fact or to try to establish the fact that there is life after death? Hector, um, when, when doing the investigation into life after death, when do you cross a line between being disrespectful to the dead, or the other line is where you're just searching to find, answer, to find answers? Well, the most important thing, this is the requirement of our group, is we do not provoke. Mm 
Mm-hmm. These are entities. These are spirits. That the difference between them and us is that they don't have the load of carrying the body. It's like metamorphosis, a cocoon going into a butterfly. This is another stage of the life. You mm-hmm. know, in India, we have the birth, death, rebirth theory, and the spirits are that rebirth part. Um, they're here. Mm-hmm. They communicate with us. I mean, it's just a it's hard to explain because I've been on the other side. I had a life after death experience, so I can, you know, focus on that a little more. Wait, wait a sec. Hold on. Here. Let me let me let me just stop you. You had a life after death experience, right? So, what's the difference between a near death experience and life after death? I'm sorry, a life after death experience. Well, maybe I should say near death experience because I did die. I was on the table. I was dead for quite a while. Um, and three things happened mm-hmm. in that process. When I died, I did go to a particular area. I don't know if I have enough time to explain it to you, but when I crossed over, there was no light, no tunnel. Mm-hmm. I just appeared in front of a great wall that was like a river, but it was vertical and horizontal at the same time, and it was gold and white, and I was on the very edge. And I was like in an invisible box, nobody just just me, but to the right of me was a figure on the stairs and a pillar, and he was doing something, and I was just watching what's going on, listening, and in awe, because it's the greenest green, the colors were so vivid, and the warmth, and the love was just incredible, I can't describe it, and then next thing I know, I came back, and I was with my wife from the ICU, and then I hear the voice, do you want to or do you want to go back? My first thought was, who answered that for me? Because I don't recall hearing the question. Mm-hmm. That was the first part. And about three days while I was in the hospital, and this is a massive heart attack. I'm talking about I'm, 33% of my heart is damaged. Mm-hmm. And the doctors come in, and they're in awe, and all three of them are standing there. And um, maybe I should back up. When I was in the surgery table, the doctor said that when I came to, they said, Hector, you were dead, but we saw something that is beyond anything we recognized before. All three doctors said that they saw something going to the top of my head, and I was white, white as could be. They said that they saw me turn red all the way, they followed all the way down my body to my toes. And when it reached my toes, I woke up, and I looked at them, what they were doing in my house, and they started laughing and said, hey, you're in our house, we're here doing surgery, and you just came back from the dead. Um, and they took me to a room, and. They did some other procedures, then about three days later, they come back, and they're in awe. They're just, because my brother had died a few years previous to this with a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So they're coming back, and they're looking at me, and they're looking at papers, and all three are just staring at me, and I'm like, oh, I need a heart transplant or something, because this is pretty bad. And the doctor looked and shows me a piece of a picture, and he goes, this is your heart we took three days ago. Look at all the white around the lower part. That's complete heart damage. And that heart is a muscle, it doesn't repair itself. And I'm like, okay, uh, is this bad? He goes, well, look at the second picture we took yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he says, we, we don't know what to think. We don't know what, the, what what's happening here. He showed me the second picture, and there was absolutely no damage to my heart. It had repaired 100%. And they couldn't explain it medically. And that's when they asked me if I was willing to do an afterlife death survey. Mm-hmm. They had somebody that they would fly in that would interview me. And they did that for two or three days. They did that much questions. 
That was the first part. The second part was about 10 years later, I was sleeping in bed about 3 in the morning. And this is the same individual that was up there, in, I want to say heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was in the one at the pillar. He was the one sitting there with the right, left leg stretched out, right knee bent up. And I couldn't look. He would not let me look to my right. I could look center to left, but not at, directly at him. But I knew I had a good idea that he had a robe and long hair. Then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, this figure out of nowhere, out of the blue, three in the morning, appeared and just came down and he said something. And I'm like, what? What? So I wrote it down. And that, that was the end of it. The next one I woke up, looked at what I wrote. I remember I did it. And on that paper was the saying. And here's what he told me He said, meanness is a means to an end. Kindness is the road to eternity. And the first thing I did was I ran into my wife and I told her, look, 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 you know I'm not smart enough to come up with this. I'm not very religious. I don't go to church. I'm Native American. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on with this? And I sent it to three different priests, different Baptists, you know, Lutheran and Catholic, and asked them if they could find the scripture for me anywhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I let it go for three or four months. And they all three, I eventually met up with them and I said, hey, did you find anything on that saying? And they go, no, we can't find out anywhere. Where'd you get it? And when I explained to them where it came from, what happened, they were just like, wow, you had an angelic visit. You know, and, um, for that reason, I believe that there's an afterlife. I believe that there's a place that you go to. And what's kind of strange about it is I, I'm Native American. I believe in Father Heaven, and I believe in those different beliefs. I believe that everything has a spirit and soul. And I do believe in God, and I believe in Jesus. And I just think that that particular that experience really broadened things for me. Now, here's the third part, is I was always able to see spirits and hear them kind of. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't control it, never happened. But now, after that incident, it's like I can go to an investigation, and they're, like, touching me, and they're, like, asking me, how is this possible? You're one of us. How did you mm-hmm. get to go back and not us? You know, and I, I get those pic- the pictures that we have on our site or on our the Facebook, wherever. Right. Actual pictures that I'll take, you know, that our, we have photographers on the team. Mm-hmm. And they may take four or 500 pictures each. And I may take 10. And I'll get the spirit. And they they actually have me stand in the corner so they can get pictures of something in the area. And I, don't, I, I can't explain it. All I know is that I claim not to be uh, intuitive or anything like that. If they come to me, I don't go to them. I, I'm there. And I, I just, you know, I, but I, I definitely, I'm a believer. That, that's what planning. So did your psychic awakening or spiritual awakening happen after that third part of your heart attack? Well, you know, it, it enhanced it. I focused more on it, and, and it was like a message. It's like... Um, okay, this is what you got to do. You got to go back. Because I really was, I avoided it. I mean, back in 1971, I was met by a pretty much a world famous psychic that I don't know how she found me. She met me. That's a different story altogether. And she told me that 40, 50 years down the road, I would have something very strange happen that would make me believe in the paranormal and become, you know, really focused on it. Mm-hmm. And it came to fruition. I mean, it happened. And, um, and that had a little bit just. It's a combination of a lot of things over the last 50 years that really made this thing what it is today. Um, I don't claim to be 
better than anybody else out there. It's just that there's a connection between that side and me because of my afterlife experience, more so than ever before. So having had this experience, you you apparently know what you believe or believe what you know. Why do you still seek an answer that apparently you've already come to a conclusion and answered yourself? It's not an answer that I'm seeking now. All right, what I answer are you seeking now? That what I truly believe now is that this... Hard to explain here. Hang on a second. There's... Spirit world needs mm-hmm. just as much assistance as the human world. We're captains of our own souls. We're like a battery generating our spirit and soul. And knowledge is one of the most important things that you have. The more you learn, the better off you'll be. And, and you know, whether it be religion or, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you are. You're there to serve your soul and your spirit. And I truly believe that some of these people don't do it right or for whatever reason something happens when they die and they're stuck in like better terminology, limbo, purgatory, or earthbound spirits. And I think that the angelic side, that spirits are on their side, whether it be a spirit guide or an angel, are really, really trying to help all the spirits out there. You're looking at centuries and centuries dead spirits, dead people's spirits, that sometimes they assign or they have people on this side that are destined to help those spirits also to get to where they need to go. Or at least make them feel safer and better while they're here waiting for spiritual guidance and instruction. And I think that's what my objective here on Earth is right now, is to help not only the living, but the deceased spirits that we encounter. But isn't that the job of, of religious, uh, religious people, ministers, pastors, rabbis? You know, that's, that's been the concept of the perception. Sometimes perception is reality. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think you necessarily need a piece of paper or a title to say that you can't help somebody. Uh, the Native Americans have been doing it for 1,000, 10,000 years. Uh-huh. And this, I mean, there's so much. I think that, you know, let me ask you this. I don't go to church. I don't, I used to, I used to be an altar boy. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I believe in God and Jesus. I used to be an altar boy until I was 16. Mm-hmm. And then I quit. But I haven't been to church in 40 years other than for wedding or special occasion. Um, if I didn't go to church, why did I get to go up and meet I'm going to call him Jesus or an angelic figure, and they come back and meet me 10 years later and be that saying. There's got to be more than just religion to your continuing your journey. Now, I'm not saying religion is wrong or wrong, it's bad. It's good. It's just that it's one of many, many elements that you need, parts that you need to continue your journey. All right, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation. Hector Lugo is our special guest, and uh, the website is 10th Dimension Paranormal Group. That's the number 10, T-H, Dimension Paranormal Group, dot com. And uh, we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue. Here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, send me your emails, exxon at exxonradio.com. Tell me whether you're a believer or a skeptic, and tell me why. My name's Rob McConnell. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. By the way, starting Monday, that's just two days away, we are launching a new website. It's called xzonesurveys.com. And on there, there will be surveys that are broken up into different... Get more for your money when you shop Meyer. This week, shoes for the family are buy one, get one for a dollar. And Father's Day is this Sunday. Don't forget the card. Or grab him Falls Creek men's polos for just $9.99. Plus, find low Meyer prices on Tostitos tortilla chips for $2.99. And new Emperx members get $10 off their total purchase of $30 or more through June 25th. Get more for your money with the same low Meyer prices in-store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers, like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Departments. There's a survey group for UFOs. There's a survey group for ghosts. There's a survey group for near-death experiences. There's a survey group for new age. There's a survey group for shamanism and much more. And that's at www.xzonesurveys.com. Dot com. My guest this hour is Hector Lugo, and he is with 10th Dimension Paranormal Group. And um, let me ask you something, uh, Hector. Has there ever been a time when you and the group has been out doing an investigation and you got the hell scared right out of you? Uh, um, actually, there's a couple of times. But lots of times <laughs> one in particular. Okay. Uh, we were on the East Coast tour just this past June, and we were at the Octagon Home the last June. We were at the Oxford Hall in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There was like six, seven of us, and of course, this, we're talking about a Confederate location. It has the cemetery. It has an octagon-shaped building that's like basement, three stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm in there, and I forgot my recorder. So I go back into the building looking for my recorder, and I told the people I'll be right back. And I walk in, and I, I'm looking, and I come out of the room where they have all their video equipment and audio equipment set up to their own particular group, not ours, so it's mm-hmm. not hooked up. And across from that hallway, there's a little landing, there's stairs going up to the left, and there's a gift shop directly across from me. And all of a sudden, I see these two shadows walking, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, they're right in my face, and they're tall, and they loud as fierce can be. One of them looked at me and said, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to leave now. And I said, I just raised my hands, and I said, okay. And I hung a left, and the door was open. I walked right out. <laughs> and the rest of the group is standing there. And here I am. Of course, I'm not a dark skin, because like, I'm Native American. Yeah. I walked out. Everybody's just come running to me like, what happened? What, what's wrong? You're the ghost. And I'm like, 
you won't believe what just happened. So they went back inside with me mm -hmm. to look at the radio and see what they can encounter that. Right. We were we were in the living room of where they have all their artifacts, guns and arrowheads and all that. And Edna, my sister, was with me, and she goes, Hector, Hector, look, look, look to the left. And I said, what? I said, look. She said, I looked myself. Nothing. She goes, there was just a tall figure with a gray coat standing there. And I go, well, the one I saw was tall. It wasn't, I don't know if he had a gray coat or not, but that's the exact spot where he was at. And that's probably the most scared I've ever been because I did not expect it. I did not expect somebody to come up and tell me to leave and for no reason. That was, the, you know, the funniest thing. Now, there's been some serious scares where I've had uh, entities come at me and do something, but that one really surprised me. So tell me, uh, how do you get rid of an unwanted negative en entity in somebody's house, whether it be a negative spirit, negative ghost, negative shadow person, or even a demon? How do you do it? Well, what we do is we go up and we, when we do our initial interview, we ask the individual, the client, that's, that's the mm -hmm. answer, what is it you want us to do? And when we do find out what kind of spirit it is, that, you know, we find out it's a relative of yours, how do you want to deal with it? I mean, and a lot of times when they find out it's relative, we'll make rules of regulation for them to deal with the entity and they'll be okay living together. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get rid of a spirit that doesn't belong or has no business there, um, just an earthbound spirit, for example, is I generally start off with just saying simple as, hey, there's a church up the street that's going to have a funeral here in a few days, and when they have the funeral, it's going to be a or a golden light for that individual, you're more than welcome to walk over there and just walk into that light. You know, that's the first step. Now, we, if it gets beyond that, we'll do a sage, then we do what they call a seven-day candle cleansing, which we're in the process of doing right now. Mm -hmm. And then we also do, um, if we come down to it, we'll, the last thing we do is not part of it's an Indian delivery. That's where they describe it. Um, that's where we contact different Indian tribes, say, uh, the Cherokee Nation, the Potawatomi, or the Osage tribes that get together, and we'll make special prayers and arrangements to deal with that particular energy. We have a special ceremony that we utilize. But that's the last resort because that is so strong and it just involves so much, but it works. It works if we need to go to that. It hasn't failed us yet. Where do, where do demons come from? You know, um, that's a question that I think is going to be better answered by the religious people, but I don't believe in demons per se. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that I've never encountered one. And if they do exist, I like to know what the definition of a demon is. I mean, mm -hmm. is it a non-compliant spirit that makes noises? Well, I, I would imagine that if, you, if you've if you seen the movie, uh, what was the name of that movie, Craig? The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Yeah. You know, Actually, with we got this... Steve Lachance coming to our conference, and he's the one that worked on The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. um, um, I've talked to some other demonologists and stuff about what a, a demon consists of. I've got some incredible pictures. We even did a national show on what we thought was a demon. Mm -hmm. with a, um, and that one was documented. That we got pictures. And if there's any proof of a demon, that should have been it. But it wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't aggressive toward men, but it sure did a lot of damage to the women. I mean, he attacked those women to where it, it got beyond it. You know, it's hard to describe. It's just, it's, that's the closest I ever come to a demon, per se. Do you find that there is any one religious philosophy that 
it has more experience with ghosts or spirits than any other one? For example, uh, would it be Catholicism, Christianity, Hinduism, uh, Islam? You know, it's we, when we go to the religion factor, we go mm-hmm. to investigate a house. Right. The first thing we do to look at is whether they have crosses or angelic figures and try to make out what type of religious beliefs that these individuals have. And the reason I bring this up is because we have to remember, we don't know what religion or belief that the spirit has that's creating all this activity. Now, the Catholics do the exorcism, um, and, and it's a long process. Um, the Kabbalah, I mean, there's, there's so many different beliefs that they all derive from the same thing that Jesus was removing spirits or bad demons, according to what they were saying in the Bible, from people. I mean, he taught his apostles, disciples, how to do that. And that mm-hmm. was passed on to people. Um, now, do we do it according to the, how they did it back then? I don't know if we're doing it the right way, but I think a lot of it has to do with a strong faith and a good intent. So your religious beliefs probably will help you out in that removing the spirits. First thing is you got to have a strong faith. Yeah. I don't care if you're Muslim, I don't care if you're Catholic, or Christian, or whatever. If you don't have that faith, it's pretty much a done game. I've done deal with it. You're not going to have much of a chance. Tell me, does the fact that you're a Native American give you that extra strength or that extra ability to to deal with spirits since um, Native American culture is very uh, emerged in spirituality? Yeah, we believe that the belief of the, a lot of the Native American tribes is that everything has pretty much has a spirit, a soul, to different degrees. The human being the highest, and of course, there's Father Heaven, Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. It, we have different things that we go by the, you know, the Red Road. Um, that's what we want to do. Is we want to get all these lost or spirits that get off the road on it and lead them. Um, we believe that we have an advantage over these spirits because they are most of the spirits you run into are earthbound spirits. Mm-hmm. There's going to be spirits guide helping you with these earthbound spirits that are creating havoc or confused. They don't understand what's going on. They're here for whatever reason. And when we deal with them, we're very positive. We don't provoke. We don't, you know, our firm belief is you get more with a piece of candy than you do with a rock. Right. So we go up there and we, go, we treat them as human beings that we just can't see. Well, is, is, isn't that the way that, that any any person who is trying to find out what the other side is really about should treat these spirits like because they are just human beings without a body. Right, and, and I, I think a lot of it too, we have to remember too that when I talk about spirits and ghosts, sometimes I refer to them as entities because animals also have spirits, whether it's a dog or a cat or a horse or a cow. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you run into them and you know it's a different ballgame altogether when you're dealing with those types of entities or spirits. With a human spirit, respect, you can't go wrong with respect and treating entities, you know, with love and kind of tell them that, hey, we're here to help you and this is what we're going to do. I was part of them. We've got pictures, video equipment going, we've got cameras, we've got mm-hmm. a digital recorder, at what we're doing so that they will cooperate and not, you know, hide from us or do strange things to us. So, you know, like, how do you deal with the the possibility that 
what people may believe is a spirit could actually be a figment of their imagination. How do you deal with that? That is a very good, excellent question because we we do it. Okay, we have nurses and doctors that we confer with. Actually, uh, part of our group, honorary group. They don't go very often, but they go enough. And we have a psychiatrist that goes with us occasionally. And what we do is when we go do our initial interview, our first street meet. We sign all the forms and proper paperwork. We get to meet them face to face, and that tells you an awful lot. Even talking to them on the phone, because I've had people crying and yelling. I have demons in my house, and I have this and that. And the first thing it is, calm down. You know, it's it. There may be something going on, but what, tell me a little bit more about you. Why do you think there's demons there? Are are, are you drinking, or is there something going on? Or, right. And then a lot of places we go to. And I'll tell you, there's been a few times we've walked into houses, we'll do a quick, you know, brief meet, and we'll say, well, we don't find nothing right here because you know the symptoms of alcoholism, mm-hmm. drug abuse, you know, and we don't want to be around that. If it's real obvious, we pack it up and we leave quick as possible. Not to be mean to them, we try to let them know, but it's just like, we don't find anything. It's, you know, just like, you can't tell them it's imagination, it's, it's they're being influenced by outside sources. Um, it's just, you know, being polite and leaving and saying, hey, and then we've met some people and I, that are, the imagination is incredible. I had one particular, not a commission names or location, this person told me that they were getting beams of light from the atom collider in Sweden that's like a mile on the ground. They were shooting beams and hitting her in their house and we're like, Okay, and she says, and there's something out here flying around our back, and we go out back, and there's birds, and there's mm-hmm. barn back there with lights, and we're like, okay, um, you know what, uh, let's, let's do this differently, and, you know, it's, it's, there's ways to back out of things that are, you know, obviously not right. Some have been right on the borderline, on the fence, where you really have to investigate, you really have to ask questions. We've got 40 questions we ask. What's on straight up front? It's not about you. We need these answers, and we'll ask them. They've been in the psychiatric ward. Have they ever been alcoholic? Have they ever wanting to hurt somebody, or you know, they having problems with marriage? We need mm-hmm. to know that when it comes to whether they want to really deal with this entity that they're having. And believe it or not, most of them answer the questions, and they do have. We've had a couple of serious encounters. Um, we just beyond our. It, it affected our imagination. Now, what are, you, you said that you get them to sign paperwork. What kind of paperwork do people need to sign before you conduct an investigation? Well, we have a couple of forms. One first form is um, compliance or um, giving us approval mm-hmm. that we can do the investigation. Also, we give them options. Like one of the options would be um, strictly confidential, no name, no address. Uh, partially confidential, where we give the address and maybe the state and city. And then there's one that says, all-inclusive TV, newspaper, on Facebook, on our website, and most of people go for that. Um, they call us and they, we tell them we want to help. It's not to promote our site, it's to let other people know that they can get help by seeing what's happening at your place. And that's work. We've had a lot of people say, we read our website, say, we have, we think we're having the same thing on one of your stories or, mm-hmm. you know, cases. Um, and that's what we signed. Another form that we signed, is a liability consent form for us that we're when we go in, we're, they're not 
responsible for one of us getting hurt. You know, we all have brain surgery. Um, we go in there with the purpose of destroying stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we think, especially we go into like a multi. We've been into. I've been in locations where the stage alone was thirteen million dollars worth of different screens and stuff. So we go in and we sign a contention that we will not do this or that and try to you know, work well with the different you know clients or people. Now, now you you said before that a, a lady was saying that uh, she was blaming basically the paranormal activity that was happening uh, from uh, something in in Scandinavia, or, or was she talking about the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland? Right, the one in Switzerland. Right. Okay. She was saying that the collider in Switzerland was sending rays and it mm-hmm. was hitting her house. We're looking at a neighborhood that has like a hundred houses, and we're like, how did they pick you out? And how is this happening? Mm-hmm. And the more we talked to her, the further, further out she got. And they just, I didn't have one guy had called me about a three hour drive, went out there, and he says, I'm seeing spots, I'm seeing orbs in my garage. Got out there, drove all the way out there, and he's sitting in, the, in his garage, and he's looking directly at the sun. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're gonna see spots no matter what, those are orbs, you're gonna blind yourself. And I'm, I'm like, I drove three hours and started going off about this and, that, and I'm like, have a good day. You know, it's just one of those where I got in the uh-huh. car and drove off and uh, so you get them. <laughs> but most of the time, I say about nine out of a hundred times, most people are really, really think they're experiencing something mm-hmm. and they want an answer or confirmation. And if they do get confirmation, they want sometimes if it isn't a relative, they want us to do a cleanse and we do that to help them out. Well, you certainly have had your fill of wing nuts over the years, haven't you? Oh, I'm telling you, it, it, it makes it so, that's what makes it so interesting is the, the different people you meet and the different people yeah. you meet. You know, but I have to honestly say something. Of all these years, and I won't say in the last 40 years, mm-hmm. never, ever have I ever had somebody come up to me. And this is with conferences and this is with fundraisers. I've never had anybody come up and tell me I'm crazy or you're stupid for doing this. Most of the people are like, Wow, um, this is this is interesting. They were on the fence, or they're skeptics. We have skeptics in our group, and they're the best. I tell you what, we something they can't debunk. It just brings a grin to a couple of our faces because we're like, okay, that that helps us out more than ever, anything, you know. And the reason I do it every every week, we last year we did fifty two cases. That's one a week, and the reason I keep doing it is basically the confirmation to prove that what happened last week. It wasn't just imagination or fiction of my imagination. It really is happening. And that's not this is my opinion. This All right, Hector, me. we're going to have to take our final break. Please stand by. Hector Lugo is our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. I apologize for the, for the uh, audio coming back from Hector. There must be a bad Skype day in that part of the U.S. We'll be back on the other side. And if you'd like to find out more about Hector and his group, 10th Dimension Paranormal Group. Dot com and uh, we'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. Hector Lugo is our special guest this hour, Rexon Nation. He is with 10th Dimension Paranormal Group, and their website is 10thDimensionParanormalGroup.com. 
Hector, what uh, words of wisdom do you have for the XO Nation tonight when it comes to dealing with the paranormal? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with these new groups or the older groups, and everybody can learn from each other. Sharing is important. But I think for these new groups that are getting started, getting ready to go out there, you really have to be prepared. Have a strong faith, good intent, and go out there and just be careful. Know what you're doing. And, you know, if you, be, you believe in ghosts being present mm-hmm. or that there's something there, believe in God. Because God created them. God created everything in this universe. We're not the only things around. So if you're going to investigate the other side and try to communicate with them, just be prepared and be careful. And um, another thing you got to remember is the group members are the most important part of your paranormal group. The chemistry has to be incredible and it has to be good. It can get boring, it can be tedious at times, but for those of you that want to sit in a room or sit in a building or location for hours on end just investigating and get nothing, uh, it can get to be, you know, when you get on each other a little bit. So the chemistry has to be really strong and knowledge. And I can't emphasize that enough. Now, Hector, Hector, Hector there, there's, there's a lot of different television programs on these days about Ghostbusters and paranormal uh, investigating. Some of them are so hideous, I don't know why they're on TV. When it comes to these shows, are they an asset to legitimate investigators, or are they a, a nuisance? To me, it's actually a handicap, and I have to give kudos to the groups, like TAP has started it, got mm-hmm. the TV, got people interested in the paranormal per se, mm-hmm. but that's the end of it. I mean, um, a lot of these, here's, I got three different subtitles for the spirit, paranormal group. There's the beginner's group, which are high school and college kids that tend to go out to the cemetery and get themselves in trouble. Then you have the TV groups that are out there making money and doing whatever they do. To try to, they start out with good intent, but then they end up, it's all about money and they falsify something. Sure. Then you have groups like ours that have been doing it for tons of years. They're actually going out there and trying to help people and get this thing. I'm not saying we're better, it's just we're doing it for different reasons. Um, it, I, I've been on TV numerous times. I've done shows, hmm. and I I know where it's coming from, and it's it's hard. It really is when you're put in one location for 40 hours, and you have to come up with evidence, and if there's nothing there, and you do that four or five locations in a row, you don't have a show. I mean, so I'm not saying that they're false by all the time, but it's hard. It really is. When we get the pick, and we go out, and if we don't like or the location don't have anything. We move on to the next, we just say that that location had nothing on it. But we have options, they don't. Uh, but I think that a lot of the TV shows are not really doing it. They got one coming up that's like Ghost Brothers, and they got Mountain Man or something, and then they got somebody in Tennessee that's blowing up stuff and blowing up the spirits. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, they're going off the deep end now because. Yeah, they really are. Be, you know, they have to keep on trying to come up with stuff that hasn't been done before. Hector, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Once again, XO Nation, I apologize for the poor quality of the audio feed coming from Hector's. We tried to rectify it, but this is what happens with Skype. When bandwidth is being used, the quality is crap. And people nowadays want cell phones. And cell phones for real radio are crap. In fact, 
we tell our guests that if they have a cell phone, sorry, won't work. If they have high-speed internet or fiber optic, we'll try Skype. My preference, the good old-fashioned landline. I'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Are you ready to learn the business skills you need to accelerate your career? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business is now offering its highly ranked working professional MBA entirely online. Whether you choose to attend on campus, online, or a mix of both, you're in control, balancing the demands on your busy schedule. Don't wait. Start your personalized MBA journey this fall. Visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA to learn more and apply. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Are you passionate about your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked working professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. 